This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Slung it with Jamie Russell planning all the time. McCurdy's smile made us feel so fine. But we're on track to go beyond the beamish line. We're talking stock from Khan to Lower Breadbury. Talking stock from Cheadle down to Salisbury. Conoyle's Wellens era contract dodge. Romeo Hutton pitched from Travel Lodge. We're talking guns. Swindon and the Stodge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the presser with me, JR. I'm filling in for a bit peely wally, Rich Pullen. Yes, I am the sub on the 70 minute mark, a bit like has been on the last few weeks, but I'm joined by a guest who's definitely not a sub. He's the opposite of a sub, by which I mean a first teamer before your head's in the gutter. Back from holiday, Mr. Joe Hacklem, everybody. Hello, JR. It's been a while. How are you doing? It has been a while. It's been, I wondered if I've been benched for being uh, uh, too incendiary or not watching games, one or the one or the other. But um, it's lovely to be back on the presser with you. And uh, you, you, what is it? I'm sure I had this dig last time. I'm sure I was on the presser last time when you'd been on your last holiday. I'm going to ask, what is it with you, Adver guys, taking like mid-season holidays? 
Well, I mean, they do make us take holiday at various intervals. Um, and also, you know, I, I'm sure you, what, you, well, you'd have seen bits of the game. I think I made the right call. I think you probably you probably did. Did you get to see any games while you're on holiday? I did. I got to see Atletico Madrid play against Las Palmas, and they won five nil. And then two minutes after that ended, I checked my phone, and Swindon were already losing. So that was a nice bit of bit of a moment as I look, was uh, cast in the in the twenty degree sun, looking over the Sierra Mountains. Yes, yes, quite the contrast in every regard. But it sounds like you had a, a lovely break. Welcome back. Lovely to have you to have you here. Um, let's talk a bit of Swindon Town and let's talk about tickets now on sale at thank goodness Ashton Gate of all places for the FA Youth Cup under eighteen semi final. I know there was some trepidation that this would just get moved to the performance centre, but They've opened up a whole stand, and by the looks of it, it's an absolute free-for-all. Having been to the Reading uh, Pizza Trophy game earlier in the year, I'm not sure that's a great idea, but it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I I can tell you that Sean Wood shares your concerns. We had a bit of a chat with him today um, whilst Gavin Gunning was getting ready. Um, So, yeah, it's it's very exciting for everyone. There can be um, a huge amount of hooliganism uh, in the the stand during the under-18s game, I I think Sunderland got into that vibe a little bit. So um, no, nice for everyone to re-engage with their old sparring partners over in Bristol, uh, all in the same stand. I'm sure maybe they might have a rethink if the Swindon postcode starts to sell quite a large number of tickets for the game. Yeah, certainly. Well, having a division wouldn't be such a bad idea if it's just taking a row out, especially for a very reasonable £4.75. That's, uh, that's mischief managed at a very affordable rate. Well, exactly. That's a that's the kind of hell of a deal you'd head downtown for. It's it's quite quite astonishing from Bristol City, and hopefully, lots of people go over and support what is, unless they win the final important game of the season. <laughs> well, well, that brings us very neatly on because people who will be going to Bristol will be looking for some joy uh, in their lives because I don't think they're going to have got it from your recent article. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say poo pooing, rather shining a very awkward magnifying glass over the likelihood of Swindon making anything of the season and all of the different scenarios there within. It was um, it was sobering and honest and kind of devastating, but I, I thank you for it anyway. Yes, it was all of those things. Um, and technically speaking, for any well, I don't know if anyone would cast the... I haven't seen anyone cast the negative light on that yet, but there are always people. Uh, but goes into it. Technically speaking, the conclusion we came to is if we become the best side the EFL has ever seen, then we'll be just fine. So uh, we can still hold on to that one. But in case anyone was left in any doubt, uh, the numbers highly doubt whether or not uh, the playoffs are attainable. Um, but you never know. Maybe we slap Stockport around and and suddenly uh, and beat Tranmere, and suddenly we're staring up at the playoffs once again. It's unlikely, but. Um, uh, you can you. Well, I'm going to rule it out, and I have multiple times already. But um, you never know. But you definitely do know. Yeah, I feel like if the inner circle of uh, of Nailsworth or Sutton had the same the same desire, we could be in the, in a bit of bother. And you've even you've even inspired people, Joe, because um, long term contributor always puts in a message at the end of games. H the duck um, must be a big George Lucas fan. 
Um, he has put in a little factoid of basically identifying teams that are bolted on for relegation battles and looking at the evidence on previous, uh, I think that it's safe to say that he's he's thinking the trapdoor could open up for town next year. That's not really, that's almost like the shot chaser of having your article with that to follow, but um, enjoyable content all the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we've all enjoyed hearing that statistics, well, based on recent trends, there's a decent chance if we finish the season where we are that that is a distinct possibility. I'm sure I'm sure everyone liked liked hearing that reality out loud. But um, yeah, it is important to note that wasn't me before anyone uh, at the club got, starts getting ideas. Exactly not. You got to change your mindset, mate. That's what you got to do. And uh, say that of, now. <laughs> tell you that now. And speaking of changing mindsets, uh, just a little fun rumor I want to tickle around that's been pinging around the forums and on Twitter as well. Rumors are that the club shop. Bountiful, full of merchandise and stock to choose from every match day, uh, might be scaled back in favour of a fast food outlet. What do you think about that one? Well, it's certainly an interesting one. I'm, I, I don't think that's something that any other club is doing. So more visionary stuff from from uh, down under once again. Um, I mean, they don't really stock the club shop, so I don't, don't know if it's necessary. Based on current um, the way it's currently run, it's probably not the worst idea, but it also feels like if you could just put slightly more effort into the club shop, then there wouldn't be too much need to change it into a restaurant. No, exactly. I'm a big fan of the little things, Joe. I think that little bits of stationery and gonks, I love to buy that stuff every time I go. And it's, to my mind, it seems like if everyone bought so that was one or two pounds, that's eight to 16,000 pounds left on the table every week. I know MK Dons have got a Papa John's um, and a KFC and McDonald's behind basically everything on that retail park because that's what the chairman owns. But I don't think they f- went to forego having. Uh, you know, premises to sell replica shirts to get it. But if it was, if that was the choice, if it was going to be a fast food outlet, what's your what's your choice going to be? Um, I I don't really eat fast food that much. Is the is the thing? So I I don't have a particular preference. It's just not something that I do very often personally. What about you? Might have you might have some inclinations of something that's a bit more sophisticated. You know, think think high, think highbrow. I'm sure the people of Swindon would love a like a brassiere blanc in, inside the county ground. That'd be <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, on Deliveroo, that would be absolutely fantastic. I think that'd be. I mean, if, if, if we're using the MK Dons example, don't they have Marco Pierre White at their ground? So, yes, they know. do. They've got a Marco Pierre White uh, brasserie on the side. So, yeah, maybe yeah, on could their be something... we, we'll make us more like MK Dons. That's what I've always wanted. Yeah, a, a delivery outlet would be good as well. Anything to keep, you know, people... The roads are getting dangerous out there because um, certain players are getting getting flack for having their phones out and driving today as well. So anything that can keep people safe, that's what I'm looking at. Let's get a delivery special. Brasserie bonk, Blanc, delivered in a box. Lovely stuff. Can't, can't go wrong if we, if we go massively highbrow. We certainly can't, and it doesn't get more highbrow than Seeging to your latest press conference with Mad Gav Gunning at Beversbrook today. Was it Beversbrook? Or was it County Ground? At the County Ground today. Oh, the, the wet and wind, the wet and windy County Ground. Well, of course, it's a sharp contrast to your uh, your Madrid exploits here. The weather has been pretty bad, and that's that's come up. I know there's been a lot of comments about the pitch 
in the last few weeks. But I watched the highlights today, um, as I was obliged to at work, uh, for Bradford Wickham in the Bristol Street Motors semi-final. And their pitch was looking quite poor as well. I think everything's just getting a bit of a battering at the moment. And Swindon are suffering for it, aren't they? Yeah, I, I don't think the weapon's helping. And um, Gavin Gunning said that it's it's certainly not been helping their training schedule leaving up to this game. Uh, he's described the weather quite accurately as horrific. Um, I think it dropped 15 degrees either side of my plane journey, so that was nice. Um, he's, and because of the rain, um, Beversbrook has been struggling quite a lot and they've been unable to get on the grass at various points this week because of the the level of rain that's been going around in the in the greater Swindon area. And um, so they would have had to train on AstroTurf. But um, I don't know if people remember when Zlatan Ibrahimovic played for LA Galaxy and refused to play on pitches where in America where they allow AstroTurf. Um, and he was, and so obviously certain Swindon players who have uh, dodgy knees and uh, half the Swindon squad are perennially injured. So it's, it's pretty much, it could be any of them in terms of who's who who can't train on AstroTurf, but various of the ones couldn't haven't really been able to be involved at at, start, at certain points. So um yeah, they, he said it had to kind of be a slightly more analytical week in terms of their preparation for Stockport because training has been quite difficult. It sounds it. It sounds quite difficult. Um I kind of earmarked in the notes to talk about injuries. We'll talk about one of the injuries a bit later. Let's just have a little recap of some of the other ones before they get there. I'll put it back later because, of course, it's in your questions, Joe. But the news is that Tom Clayton and Reese Devine are running. So that's a good thing. But Pharrell Johnson's out. and That's all you get to know at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's as, as you correctly state, those three are all uh, unavailable. Um, Pharrell Johnson, he's, he's, he said, I think he, meant, he mentioned Pharrell. Um, in fact, he said, uh, well, you know, I'm just I'm not going to say who might or might not be injured because uh, we're about to play Stockport, uh, which is fair, but also frustrating. And um, uh, and then it was followed up with, oh, is, is Pharrell Johnson just being rotated in and out of the squad as he moves into first-team football or is he injured? And uh, then uh, Gavin Gunning said, uh, yes, he is injured and then offered no specifics and uh, ref- and was not going to. So that is, that's kind of what we know about the situation. But yes, it's good news for Reese Devine. He of... Uh, for uh, just over about an hour late in Orient fame, and Tom Clayton, who is uh, who, who are both back and continuing their rehabs, but both of them clearly, given the severity of their respective injuries they've had um, you know, across the course of about eighteen months now, um, are being uh, slowly but brought back into things and with caution, given that as stated at the top, there isn't an awful lot for them to return to. No, that's true. And if anyone's listening and uh, thinks they can get some top tips for squad selection, I wouldn't count on Clayton or Divine making any surprise appearances on that team sheet. But it's good to hear that there's progress being made. That's uh, that's a positive in and of itself. So, yes, we mentioned you made the right choice. MK Dons on the weekend. The Visionaries with the Marco Pierre White with the Papa Johns with six midfielders to choose from. But we'll come to that on a bit later. Um yeah, I think that if you had if you had chateaued it, or if you'd decided that you'd had enough of walking around Madrid and wanted to spend some time in your in your room catching up via iFollow, 
I think within about 10 minutes, you've regretted that decision. It was, it was quite grim watching. And then I think as, as uh, was recapped very nicely on the last pod, it seemed to almost descend into friendly levels, but get the feeling reading the notes that Gavin Gunning seemed to see it differently. A little bit differently. I think he said that watching it back, it hadn't been quite as disastrous as he'd felt the first time around uh, in terms of, uh, particularly defensively, I guess he, he felt after the two goals that you know, MK Dons didn't create that much. And if you look at the stats, the team's equal on XG, and Swindon had more shots than MK Dons, so that would sort of bear itself out. I haven't watched the game; uh, I couldn't be asked. Um, and then, um, so, and so he, he sort of felt that um, you know, there was the mistakes obviously made for the for both of the goals, and uh, kind of systematically they weren't. Um, condensing the pitch well enough, in his own words, uh, uh, which I mean, which obviously would refer to sort of um, trying to trying to make the pitch a bit smaller for the for the MK Dons and the, and their many and their cavalcade of midfield players who are very clearly their strength as a side, um, and so those those were the and you know and trying to sort of stay on to Dan Kemp and I think it would have been Alex Gilby. Um, the the two number tens that they have, who are who obviously the creative players, and he was disappointed with their their lack of ability to do that. But um, as an overall, he felt uh, it was marginally better than he had first thought. Although, um, as was repeated across a number of questions, it was still not a very good performance. No, to to quote verbatim from your blog, you say mistakes happen. They just need to learn from it, as that's a bigger problem. And sometimes you switch off. I've been there myself. It's quite honest. I could imagine that being the case. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's been open with that. I think the whole time that uh, mistakes aren't the problem. It's about not making them again. And um, you know, as a as a, you know, as a lower league defender himself, I think he's, he's pro- um, in a way that Michael Flynn probably never did. Is fa- fairly able to empathise with with the struggles that maybe the Swindon players are having in doing that. So, uh, again, he's like, you know, <laughs> Conor McCarthy, it's fine, but next time just launch it into the stand. Yes, and thinking about the defensive frailties, thinking about the uh, fullback position as well, um, some reflection on this where uh, Gav Gunning is talking about uh, Godwin Malife, says that he was outstanding before and less so this weekend. Um Williams Cocolo being different, and when you inherit a squad, that's what you have to deal with. But I do feel like this is a bit inconsistent because the recruitment he seems to one time say that he's fully on board and these were players that he wanted, and then when it doesn't suit, it's something that he inherited. I'm struggling to keep up. Well, I think this is specifically about something he's talked about before in terms of wanting to play with the inverted fullbacks that come inside. And obviously with Godwin Malifa, he can come in and be sort of forward in possession back free. Um, and that's what he could do. And he's felt uh, he has done well, but against MK Dons, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that quite so much. And that was, that was part of the thing that, that wasn't hel- hel- helping them. But then with Williams Cocolo, um, obviously he's quite obviously a more a nat- uh, fullback. He likes to side, stay more naturally wide um, provide width, although uh, personally, I'm not sure he's necessarily the best at that either. Um, he's and in, in, instead of coming in and being sort of a you know, a Joao Cancelo type, uh, that's not really going to be him. 
So he, he feels like he doesn't really have the players to play in that style, which is where he would ideally like to mould the team into, which uh, the injury, which we haven't mentioned, is, is kind of putting a spanner in that work as well. Um, and then, you know, with, and so, you know, he hasn't been able to get the players because he didn't sign a fullback in, in January um, to, to enable to do that. And so it's kind of working through uh, a slightly different way of playing um, for now before he can move potentially, you know, he hasn't got the job yet, but he certainly acts like he has um, <laughs> before moving to, to trying to do that later on. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'm coming this with my biases and seeing that news about Ricky Martin, not the singer uh, from Stoke getting the chop today. And I've just got the um, the director of football model in mind. And it's just, it's, I guess it's just a, a symptom of wondering about, you know, how much how much control somebody has in terms of what they can do with squads. Yeah, that's always the interesting line, isn't it? With with how a director of football, technical director, whatever they want to call themselves, head of football in Swindon's case, um, works with the manager, and it's you know because obviously you don't want to buy players that a manager doesn't want because it doesn't make any sense. But then in theory, you're you're not trying to use the manager as much in the recruitment process, and you're making the in again in Jamie Russell's words, club signings for players that you would have with if you had any manager in the te- in the in the building so is that interesting balance but i would imagine in in this case gunning and russell seem to have a fairly good working relationship they seem to get on in my experience um and then you know they would hopefully work together and that kind of vision of the inverted fullbacks is is something that they would share and hope to work on uh, in the summer hello everybody summer is here and when there's no swindon town i do enjoy using my favorite streaming services to watch you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. OK, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I think the I think the late substitutions being routine is arching a few eyebrows, and I think that's come up just with an issue about about fitness and how people um, who may be coming off the bench are having their their time managed are being uh, utilised. Yeah, that's that's clearly been the big talking point of the post January stint is that 
think every game around 60 minutes, sometimes even earlier than that, um, a swathe of change has been made and then again around 70 minutes. So um, in terms of how long that's going to last has been coming up. And um, Gunning has said that hopefully after Stockport, but certainly the week after, Swindon could should be able to kind of finally put that away. And But at the, for the time being, um, they're, they're continuing to manage the legs of Aaron Drinn and Harry McCurdy, uh, Sean McGurk and Zach Elbazetti, all four who joined in the last week of the window. Elbazetti, of course, having, you know, the, the way the Swedish season works is calendar rather than um, the way that, you know, the sort of summer to spring season that we have in the rest of Europe. So he was kind of coming back into pre-season when Swindon signed him. He wasn't coming fresh off of anything. And the others had kind of had injury problems in McGurk's case, more of a sort of, uh, he just wasn't a first-teamer type deal. So they're still managing those players for now, but we should be, we should be able to see the outside of the forest, but we are still very much in it for now. And Stockport will, will be the same. So um, set your watch at 60 minutes, you'll probably be seeing some subs getting readied. It definitely seems that way. If only there was a use to have some kind of informal B team or uh, closed doors friendlies, but Jamie Russell said that uh, abroad academies were more important, I remember, at the beginning of the season. wonder if he regrets that decision. Now we'll have to think about that one. Um, I guess I'm thinking back. I mean, was the word used minutaged? Is that a, is that a gavism? Is that a word? I think technically that's a Sean Hodgettism, um, where he was sort of asking, are they still being minutaged and um, gunning, happy to emulate his his terminology, uh, referred to uh, the all as being minutaged. Minutaged, I like it. Welcome to welcome back to uh, press duties to uh, Sean, giving Mister Hawes a nice uh, rest there. I mean, I do get the idea of having to slowly manage people in. I mean, we all saw the McCurdy interview a couple of weeks ago where he really looked like the sparkle had gone out and having scored one goal and then getting brought on against MK Dons, it kind of felt a bit like, you know, all his worst habits had come back as well with it. It's, I'm not sure whether just rehabbing is for, you know, for his benefit or for the wider squads. I mean, we've, we've got a playoff push to run, haven't we? That's what they tell us, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think it's clearly not a situation anyone wants the club to be in, especially given that uh, two of them are lone players. Although, of course, I think the likely <laughs> there's probably a decent likelihood if we want him, we could probably sign Zach Albazedi because he doesn't seem to be hugely wanted at Ike. But you know, with the, the, the you know when you're signing players in January, there's always a problem with them, and the the problem we've encountered is that they played absolutely no football. So. You know, they they're working them back, and that's that's kind of just where it is. And obviously, people aren't going to like it. People shouldn't like it because it's an annoying place to be in. But that's sort of just where we are. Yes, we've learnt the lessons, and we're building. Dawson Devoy came up, um, and I think that Gav Gunning was reflecting on it's just an indication of how much quality they have, as he's their sixth best midfielder. Imagine having six to choose from. And they would have made a difference. Obviously, he wasn't able to play because of the loan agreement. That did seem a bit, in some ways, damning with faint plays, I think more to the club than to uh, Dawson DeVoy. You know, we're starting to see his worth a bit like Kemp. Um, still a bit rattled by the the lovely to return to the, the county ground Instagram post that he'd put through. And 
I'm not quite sure what that says about his employer, Swindon, if the best we can do is to have the, the sixth best choice of what I'd imagine many people would perceive as a promotion rival, or at least should be. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, Gurning said, I guess, twice that MK Dons have the best midfield selection in the league, which they very clearly do, I mean, if you look at the personnel. But you know, having to take their sixth best guy is is frustrating. But, I, you know, I think both Dan Kemp and Dawson Devoy have served themselves pretty well. So um, during their respective times at Swindon, uh, we'll see Gunning, as you say, was, um, was you know, was pretty pleased that he's going to have Dawson Devoy back for this game um, because he has been a pretty important player. He seems to be very much in line with what he's looking for. But yeah, it's, it's a, it is of course a weird situation. I was, I was like you, I was kind of rattled by the, the Instagram post again by, by Dan Kent, but then he scored midweek and I was like, oh, okay. So maybe it isn't just, he's a, only good at the counter ground, like Nicky Jose type thing. He can also do a double stadia. Maybe so. And, uh, you know, a bit of, a bit of, um, a bit of fish food for the 50-odd MK Dons diehards that are out there, probably in the Marco Pierre White every weekend. Uh, one thing we have seen a change, we have seen a, more use of a front two. Now, I think a lot of people are probably imagining their dream partnerships, and maybe they might see their dream partnerships when they're all fully fit at the end of February, March, whenever that will be. But there was an interesting combination coming with two players that, from what discourse I can see on social media, people that people perceive as being fairly similar. Yeah, the Drinan and Austin pairing was was discussed in terms of what um, those two can can sort of do together. Um, and Gunning said that in certain situations you would want to play them at the same time. They're kind of they're kind of both link up players. Describe certainly Austin's not a target man. Drinan probably more so, um, and kind of. You know, work, working up to be able to play them together, and um, Gunning has said on a multiple occasions that level of adaptability is key in terms of changing around the forward personnel, which is particularly useful given they have to change it around at least twice a game. Um, and so, being able to play the two of them at the same time has been something that he has he's slightly worked on. He didn't really let on uh, for obvious reasons, I would suggest. Um, why, uh, in which games he would want to, or in which scenarios he would want to necessarily play Drin and Austin at the same time. Um, you would expect when you're just trying to lump balls in the box, they, those would be the ideal two. Um, but, you know, he's uh, he said that, you know, those, those that is something that he's been working on, kind of getting them together. And then also obviously Drinan is, is continuing to work himself back to fitness um, after injuries that curtailed his time at Lake Norian this season, so um, that there's kind of that in the in in the in the mix as well. I think maybe it might be a case of keeping cards close to the chest. Lots of people thinking, of course, about uh, McCurdy, Paul Glatzel, less so Hepburn Murphy of late, but at least there's there's options there. Whereas I guess earlier in the season we didn't really have those. No, if you know we've gone from sort of having three forward players to having I think seven. Um, which is certainly useful. Um, think what you like of, of the relative quality of some of those options, but um, there's this clear variety there. Um, I think Paul Glatzel, um, if he could get a bit luckier, has shown himself to be a particularly useful option. Um, Austin, we know, um, has as when he wants, when he he can get on it, is has shown himself to be very good. McCurdy, 
the same and Elbazetti and the others I think are still proving themselves a little bit maybe Sean McGurk has, has done a little bit more proving than the others but you know it's 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 quite a nice thing to have even if uh, we we do have to sort of for the time being uh, pick them exclusively based on minutage. Well, there was enough of minutage, there was enough of Sean Hodgetts getting his questions in because it was time for you to ask your questions. And shall we go to the Joe Zone and have a listen? Huzzah. Just on Uwakwe, is that a kind of a, a stress of what he'd already done or is it no. a new injury? No, it was actually an impact injury. It was a freak accident, so it was really unlucky. It was, um, yeah, so unfortunate for him. Obviously, just got back fit, training, doing well, then bang, impact injury. So, yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, listening back to what you said after MK Dons, you're talking quite a lot about learning lessons and playing to the top sides. What would you say you have learned so far in the first couple of weeks of playing, you know, as, as you said, pretty much all the forward sides in the league? I think that the realism is, is there's not much in the level of any team in this league. If you, if, you're, if you actually get a team together where you can get your structure through and that there isn't massive difference, I think... You're always going to be in games. You, they're always going to hold you weather that storm for 20, 25 minutes if they have a spell. At times, it might be where they have 60 minutes of the game, you have half an hour. It's just how you're adapting. Are you compact? What's your shape in and out of possession? What's your game plan? Have you prepped the players well enough for when the storm comes? Can they hold out? Yeah, and then you talked to you again about Stockport set of pieces. They're number one for scoring that themselves, generally. It's got quite a lot from crosses as well, so... What makes them so dangerous in those areas and how do you go about stopping it? I think considering the quality they have, it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it doesn't take a genius to work out that they've got the best players in the league and they've spent the most money on all the players and that's just where they're at. They've got unbelievable strikers. I think every one of those strikers is, is a top League 2 striker, if not League 1. Wide men, you've got Nick Powell, who was at Man United this this unbelievable career Evans Eleven Evans on the right Hippolyte on the right Collar out there you've got Sarsovic who was one of the top men at Bolton the list is endless but it's a fantastic opportunity for us to go there and hopefully cause a shock so yes that was the fourth person that we did mention earlier because he was coming up in your question uh, not great outcome for Tarika Wakwe no, so this definitely feels like Flynn era press conferences when we sort of suddenly hear, yeah, we were getting this player back, but they're, they're injured again. Um, I was intrigued uh, when he, he mentioned that Uakwe was six to seven weeks away, having kind of just previously been like one week away. So it was, you know, is it a flare up? Is it, um, is it something new? And yeah, a, an impact injury. So clearly he was in proper training and now is has been knocked even further uh, back than Reese Devine, which... I think uh, takes some doing in terms of injury level. So uh, particularly disappointing when, especially when he's kind of been earmarked as a player who can play in a specific position that Gavin Gunning wants as an inverted fullback, given his experience in midfield. Um, so yeah, it's it's not good, especially when it kind of feels like we need to give Kokolo some competition right now because he's not been great for several weeks, stroke months. No, and you've got to ask uh, Gunning some questions about his managerial style and learning lessons and dealing with set pieces as well. Yeah, well, uh, you know, kind of uh, with with some spare time uh, over the past few days, I've taken a look at what stock what was particularly impressive about Stockport, and that was uh, very much their uh, set pieces and uh, their ability to put crosses in. So 
Uh, statistically, they score more set pieces than anyone else. That's kind of the top line. Uh, Swindon, generally speaking, can see quite a lot of chances from set pieces, if slightly less goals than you would expect, which is in both ways positive and negative. Um, so that that feels like um, going into this game would be quite key, given that Swindon like to make the most basic of mistakes, which, generally speaking, I think a set piece would be categorised as. So that that felt like something that's going to be quite prescient in this game. Um, the, I mean, the response being, yeah, they've got great players, doesn't necessarily fit into that, but um, I'm sure I'm sure there will be a plan, uh, given that they've had to deal with quite a few big big men of late anyway. Yeah, I understand they've been prepping in Birmingham in anticipation of this game. No guests this week, no one else to to face the the mics, probably getting their bags ready to hop on the coach, but very kindly had a voice note from Russ from the Scarf the Bagara War podcast uh, telling us all about the perspective of a Stockport County fan who's looking forward to Saturday. Let's hear from Russ. Hi, Russ here from the Scarf Bagara War Stockport County Fan Podcast. Saturday's match, uh, we're really expecting to continue on our Stop the Rot phase that we're currently going through after a 4 0 defeat to Tranmere on Saturday uh, and a nil-nil uh, draw away at Gillingham on Tuesday where we put in a much more solid performance in terms of defensively. So we're hoping to build on that on Saturday against the Swindon side that we, we see, I wouldn't say easy pickings by any stretch, but uh, you know, a home crowd. We've been on a bit of a bad run. We want to continue that upward trajectory and, and start to get on a good run now to, to get us over the line into League One. So uh, we we kind of we kind of expecting a, a bit of a, a bit of a performance. Let's say I actually asked for some predictions on my show last night, uh, and I got a two nil and a three nil. Uh, but just bear in mind that comes with a huge health warning that the last time I asked for predictions like this, it was against Harrogate, uh, and uh, they ended up getting a getting a decent draw. So um, all to play for. But yeah, it's going to be a good match. And it's going to be a big crowd, and hopefully we're going to be very vocal. I'm not sure how many you're bringing. You'll likely be tucked away in the corner, and we'll have the railway end. So it'll be uh, at least f- uh, four, mostly four sides for us. So, so yeah, my prediction, I'm going to go for a narrower win than, than my colleagues did. I'm probably going to say 2-1 uh, to County, uh, and that'll uh, complete a nice double over you lot, which is, uh, which is a lot to be said for us. Cheers. <laughs> Lovely, so and very much appreciate it. I very much appreciate the formatting he did to send that, so I can edit that in straight away. Top tip for all contributors out there. That's much appreciated. Um, Joe, I said this to you earlier. I think that uh, he had a a bit of a confidence and a swagger, but it's not really been a very easy time for Stockport. They're sitting top of the league, sure, but the form has been a bit a bit stuttery, a bit jittery post-Christmas and particularly in February they're not having the most consistent of months are they? Yeah it would seem that um, the, the Stockport fans that on that were on his show uh, see this as a bit of a walkover and to be fair if I was in their position I would too but uh, yeah it's been a it's been a rough few weeks for them really the disp the uh, I guess the sort of top of the table clash with crew a few weeks ago going south and then inexplicably being hammered by Tranmere and then obviously the game at Gillingham which was a draw which is a very creditable result for any team to get obviously 
um, over there. Um, so it's it's been a difficult one for obviously the Stockport team that equaled the record for most consecutive wins earlier in the season. This is this is a rocky patch for them for sure, and uh, it's a rocky patch that I ind- would very much like it if if we could have in that position. Uh, but uh, we, you kind of have to get to the top first, and instead of your entire season being a rocky patch. Yes, yes, it does sort of feel like we're sitting ducks in a way, or sitting robins for, um, you know, proving a point. There's a there's a risk that if things don't go their way, that they'll be they'll be unseated from that top position, especially you know the kind of form that Mansfield are in and the way that they're picking teams apart. Um, yeah, I can I can. I can understand that if I was Russ, I might be feeling a little bit more trepidatious going in. But strangely, I I didn't necessarily feel this last weekend about the MK Dons game, about being optimistic. But I do have that, well, maybe that nothing to lose aspect thinking about Saturday. I mean, I've got to say, you're not the first person to say that to me. I think there is a, a general feeling of, well, wouldn't it be weird if given the respective sides positions and forms and whatnot uh swindon is just the kind of game that swindon would go and win and that is kind of i guess that's the the only positive feeling you could necessarily take into it given uh how significantly better stockport are than us um so you know it's i, I think if, if we're gonna given i'm taking the the fairly lengthy journey to stockport and back on saturday um i feel like it's probably the position i'm gonna have to take as well otherwise i it might be a very uh, a very dark day. Well, quite. We feel like these are dark days, but of course Stockport got all the way back down to the National League North and have managed to claw their way back to the top of League Two. So, you know, there is there is some faith that we can have that it might not all be all be so bad after all. Okay then let's let's hold our feet to the fire and put a prediction on it. I don't know how the tables are going. I'll have to check up with Rich on these, but What's your prediction for Saturday, then? Are you feeling, um, well, pessimistic to Russ's confidence? Are you thinking uh, in realism terms, like your blog? Um, It's a a tough one to say, because, as mentioned, I would really rather not project a defeat, although I personally can't really see too far beyond it. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Stockport. I'm going to be slightly cowardly, and I'm thinking back to the Gilligan game and where we're at, and that a a draw, a score draw, even a low score draw, might actually um, perk morale up a tiny bit, or at least at least make people think that they're going in the uh, in the right direction. So I'm going for a very drab one-one. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a result. I feel like <laughs> points don't really matter anymore, so um, may as may as well. As well, try and win it properly, but you know it feels very unlikely that we can go to the top of the league away, having not won in four, and then go and go and win there. But sometimes you never know, although often you do with Swindon because they like to kick you in the head. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, and Joe, if it's if it goes our way and if it's a win, just twelve more to go, and we're up there, right? Yeah, if you get twelve more wins in a row, then then the, then there's no stopping us making the playoffs unless that's, other teams pick up good form. That's the spirit mindset changed. Thanks very much, Joe. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, Jr.
The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.